For your sports talk fix every day from four to six is Scalzo and Brust. For your sports talk fix every day from four to six is Scalzo and Brust. For your sports talk fix every day from four to six is Scalzo and Brust. For your sports talk fix every day from four to six is Scalzo and Brust. Live from the Gruber Law Office, one call, that's all studios at Radio City. This is Scalzo and Brust. Presented by Bud Light it's a party, baby. on 94.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. It's a party, baby. Woo! It's a party, baby. Scalzo and Brust across ESPN Wisconsin. That had no Greg Scalzo in it. That was heartless, emotionless. Oh, I put everything I had into that, and I was going to give you a really nice introduction, but now I don't know if you deserve it. I'm Alex Strofe in for Greg Scalzo, your cousin sub of the day, and I'm still going to give it to you. Slim Shady once famously said, guess who's back? Back again. The juror of the year is back again. Benny Brust with me here on Scalzo and Brust across ESPN Wisconsin. I hear the applause. The crowd is roaring across Milwaukee, across Madison, across Beaver Dam as Ben Brust has made his triumphant return to Scalzo and Brust. Ben, good to see you. I feel very American today. I have done and fulfilled my civic duty. Sure have. Uh, the case is closed. I am able to talk about the case, but I will tell you up front right now, I am not going to talk about the case, um, but I want to be hired. Like If they need full-time jurors, I am your man. I'm your guy. I'm your guy. I am yeah. really good at jury duty. You're really good at it. So were you like, and and forgive me, Ben, we've gone over this many times. We're both kind of idiots, you and I. So I don't really understand this process. Were you like the lead juror? Did you have to do the speaking at at this case? I did not um, do the speaking at the case. The judge actually has like a... um Something that she bought that she puts numbers in, 1 through 13, because there's a reserve juror, and then it gets picked out, and you are randomly selected in her process to be the lead. Yeah, and it was talked about a couple days ago on Scalzone Brust when when we found out that that you would be doing this. But I think Joshy put it best when he said, you know, if I was in this this courtroom, I'd actually want Ben Brust on the jury because I feel like he'd lock in on this more than anything else he ever does. Like, I feel like you were a lot more locked in on this than you are the show today, Ben. I feel like you were taking notes. You were were just as locked in as locked in as possible. Uh, Is that accurate? I'm starting to think I was put on earth to be a juror. Uh Oh, oh wow. Go. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. Mean, like, this is the power trip. Here we go. Know. Go ahead. You have the floor. No, I mean, it's not a power trip. And yeah. I'm, I'm just like, I know that I gave 110% into making sure that all the information that I provided in the deliberation was going to help all 12 of us come to a unanimous decision. And I can, I can stand up and I can puff my chest out and say I did that. And so if they're looking for people to be jurors, just let me know. Just let me know. 
three colors on Benjamin Bruss' shirt today, and you can see that on the video stream on Twitter, at Bruss. Red, white, Red, and blue. white, and blue. Uh, he said to us in show prep, Joshy, I'm way more American than either of you bozos today. He was flexing his patriotic muscles after getting out of jury duty was Ben Bruss. His when, you say getting out of jur- when you say getting out of jury duty, Finishing you, you your mean duty. exiting uh, the Milwaukee County Court uh, after helping uh, all 12 of the jurors come to unanimous decision. Yeah, and, and I agree with what you guys said. Like, if there's any man for the job, it's me. I, was, I took more notes in this trial than I took my entire collegiate life. How about your professional career? Why do I take notes in my professional career? <laughs> why would you ever do that? Well, why, why would I do that, Josh? Have you been more prepared for jury duty than you were any other thing like in your entire life? Well, here's the thing. This this is like real life. Not that radio isn't real life, but... You're paid to do it. I, I am. <laughs> foolishly by uh, some people. Mistake. Um, but that being said, like I, wa- I took this very seriously, like, as any juror should, because... Like, you are deciding future of, of people's lives, and people's lives Correct. are at stake here. You handled it the absolute right way, and I commend you for doing that and not making a joke out of it, because it's somebody's livelihood at stake. Totally. What I wanted to focus is on you, mainly. Okay. When you showed up for jury duty, at what point did you decide, oh, I want to be selected for the jury because I I know you talked to Greg and I and you talked about, oh, no, I got selected. I think I'm going to be selected. I think you got wrapped up in the pomp and circumstance and the person in the fancy in the in the, the judge in the robe and the, the attorneys talking legalese. I think you saw that and you're like, wait, this looks cool. No. See, that's the thing is. I, it's not. It wasn't like that. It wasn't out of a movie. There, there. It wasn't like the judge was residing over everyone and using like a large tone. Basically, it was process of elimination on the selection committee based off the ah. case. And like someone was Facebook friends with the judge. She was out. Some somebody was an attorney for uh, prosecution. She was out. Five people claimed to have known people in the SWAT, in the in the sheriff's department, in the, the, the Milwaukee city cops. They were out. Then there was people saying, well, I don't know how I'm going to do this case. Before any facts had been given out or evidence, they were like, yeah, I, I think this person's guilty. I was like, well, that person's out. And next thing I know, the list of 30 was the list of 20. And so I was at a 50-50 chance yeah. of being selected. Process of elimination. Somebody's livelihood is based on Ben Bruss. The words everybody loves to hear. That's just fantastic. The old National Bank talk and text line wide open, 800-990-3776. Daniel DeSloth says, congrats, Ben, at doing something productive for America. <laughs> Thank you. 608 USA, says, the greatest country in the world. <laughs> that Borat impression's so good. That's one thing I will give USA you credit on. <laughs> greatest country in the world. Hello, Very nice. Funny. Very nice. High five. 608 says, Ben on his soapbox again. And Rudy from Sheboygan says, in Ben, we brust. Mmm. Nailed it. Feels good today, doesn't it? As you uh, you complete your civic duty, you are making America great again, Benjamin Bruss. Well done. I, I, don't, I don't want to. I don't want to go that far. Um, I'm not the president. Like I, I didn't. Like I, you want to be? I did growing up. But here's what I will say. I mean, we for the deliberation. 
Like it, it was, it was crazy. Like there, it was twelve people in a room, and you're looking around each other. You're feeling each other out. Like you can tell who's thinking guilty. You can tell who's thinking not guilty, and you can tell. Oh yeah, based off people's facial expressions, based off their willingness to talk, ba- like the reactions to what other people are saying. Yeah, a- you absolutely. Can tell. You can read the room. Like everyone went around and gave their thoughts about like where they stood. Um, and you had to provide like supporting evidence, and you, to in order to prove guilty, you had to prove three different things, and so everyone is in, was in agreement with one of the things, but there were two things that were very important that all of us had to agree on if it was going to be guilty or not guilty, and I'm not gonna lie. I changed some minds here. Oh, I, I changed here we go. Because of the evidence that was provided. Because of the evidence that was provided. Yeah, I'm not taking provided. it that way. I'm. You're taking it as a victory lap of I... It's a power I, trip, Josh. Yeah. It's a power look, trip. Look, I'm not going to lie. I, I've watched my cousin Vinny about 20 <laughs> oh times. I mean, Joe, Joe Pesci showed me the best way to uh, convince, you know, of, of, of the court system. <laughs> no Joe Pesci did not show you that. <laughs> no, he did not. Ben, I, at some point here today, I want you to make a pie chart of blame of sorts to say why you ended up getting selected as a juror because I think feeling special plays a big part of it. I think skipping... You, you know, if you want to make a pie chart of blame, you can. I feel like skipping... Because this isn't blame. This is pie chart of success. You should want to do your civic duty as an American. I feel wow. like skipping work is also a large factor included in this. No doubt. I th- no doubt. <laughs> yeah, that one's big. That one's big. Keep going, Josh. You're on a roll. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Make your chart. Make your chart. You want me to make a chart? Yeah, yeah. Josh, yeah, I want you to make a chart All as right. well. I'll, I'll we'll, do a chart here. We'll, we'll get to that here in a little bit. It's Scalzo and Brust, 800-990-3776 is the old National Bank talking text line. I'm Alex Stropin for Greg Scalzo. Alongside the American man, the All-American, almost academic All-American, Ben Brust with me. That man. one still burns, I bet. But you, you're feeling good today. You feel like you did something good well, from Milwaukee no, County. Well, Strofe, it, it doesn't burn a little duty. bit. Uh, so I... I did miss all academic Big Ten, but I was high school uh, all academic all American, and that says a lot about you now, doesn't it? Uh, today, I think it, I think it applies well. What goes into all academic or academic all American in high school? I, I, I don't even know what that is. I've never heard of that. Um, I mean, Google it. I don't know what the requirements are. Do you have to be an athlete? Yes, yeah, so, I mean there was like tw- twenty of us that played in an all a- academic all American game out in California. What? Yeah. What was your GPA in high school? Because you I, got a thirteen on the ACT. What the hell was I your did, GPA? I did not get a thirteen. Fourteen? On the, Sorry, you got a fourteen on the ACT. Excuse you know, me, pot everyone. calling kettle black over there. You might want to take it easy. Hey, I had a twenty-seven on the ACT. Humble brag. Who took your ACT for you? <laughs> Uh, I will plead the fifth on that one. Exactly. 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 And actually, that is where I found out that I could become a Wisconsin Badger. Uh, I was out in California playing in the academic All-American game. At the time, I was uh, on a visit, like three weeks ago, I was on a visit to Wisconsin after I decommitted to go to the University of Iowa. And I went to Wisconsin because I had gone as a sophomore. And Bo Ryan said, you know, do you want to come here? And I told him yes. Later to find out, like an hour later, that I could not go there on scholarship my freshman year because I had already signed a Big Ten tender with Iowa. Right. And so 
over those next three weeks, there was uh, an appeal to the Big Ten. I was not in college yet, so our argument was, hey, like that's fine that I signed that, but if I was already enrolled at school, that would make sense. But since I am a high school kid just trying to find the right spot for me to go to college, uh, that is when we won the appeal and I was able to go to Wisconsin on scholarship my freshman year. And now, because of that, I'm sitting here with you, Alex, and talking to the Scalzo and Brust family today. That is beautiful. So you go from winning appeals as an 18-year-old kid to being a juror in a trial. You know what? Full circle moment. I think we should call up my high school um, Civil War teacher because I think I actually was uh, an attorney in that class, and I won a case. Hold on. Okay, you lost me again. Yeah, you just, we're like 12 minutes in and you've lost me 84 times already. What, what do you mean you were an attorney in that class? Did you like play courts in, in your high school class? Yes, and I'm going, uh, I don't, I am no going to tell high school teacher, but I don't want No, he's been on the air. He, he was on the air when I went into the high school hall of fame uh, for Mundelein High School. So I, I might not have him on the air, but I'm going to see if I was an attorney for a you case. You think he's going to remember that? Yeah, he brought it up. I think when uh, when when we were interviewing him. So, Josh, you do have your. Uh... Uh, all right. Well, before we go to break, I want to get to Joshy's pie chart of blame, pie chart of success. I'm not exactly sure. What well, we're let's give this. it success because Ben got what he wanted out of this week. Yes, Borat, Borat, great success. Joshy, your pie chart of success as to why Ben Brust was chosen to be a juror on this trial. When things go well. It's time to dole out some credit. Time now for the pie chart of success on Scalzo and Brust. Presented by Jacobson Orchards, Waterford's best kept secret, with 55 varieties of apples and fresh bakery items made daily. Go to jacobsonorchards.com to learn more. Shout out to our guy, Appleman in the Orchard, first off. Shout out, Appleman, as uh, also, always. I just want to say real quick, Joshy, did Ben say, because we're getting texts on it, did Ben say Civil War class? It was a Civil yeah, War class. It was a Civil War class. It seems like it was one of those like far-reaching type, handled yeah. everything type classes anyway, Sorry to derail. Let's get to your pie chart right. success. 50% should come to no surprise as anybody. It's feeling special. <laughs> ben Bruss got to go to the courthouse. He got to have a judge, an attorney, all these, you know, there's bailiffs there. It, it looks important. He felt special. He doesn't know a lot of people who have been through a jury, so it was a <laughs> unique experience Ben Bruss could take on his own. 25% knows everybody is talking about him on Scalzo and Brust. He was very excited to know <laughs> that in his absence, Greg Scalzo, myself, Gabe Neitzel, Telly Hughes would all mention Ben Bruss well, and his jury Josh, duty. Josh, you shouldn't have tagged me on Twitter with your polls, <laughs> then I wouldn't have known. That's Pat, Pat on the back, back to you. And I'll have to figure in myself a half a percent here for the blame here. 20% of that, which I've hemmed and hawed on this one a little bit, but 20% goes to skipping work. If we know anything about for Ben sure. Brust, he enjoys himself while he's at work, but if he can get out of work, he's going to take that route 100% of the time. One of the ways that him and Jesse Nelson are just impossibly alike. 3%. He just thought it looked cool. He he went he, he, as I said in the earlier one. He got to go to the courthouse. There was there was a lot of stuff he didn't know about, so he got to do a little learning experience <laughs> and preside and have a little bit of power in that. One percent. He wanted to impress the judge. He thought it. He thought he looked. <laughs> what? Look You're at his red, white, blue polo, Josh. He's rocking a red, white, and blue polo. He wanted. He, 
this goes to the the jury. So I should say wanted to press the attorneys. This goes to the juror selection process. He got up there and he said, you know what? I can just look good here and come off good and end up on this special trial. So it all pays off. I just want to. You got put in a situation where it was literally a pick me situation and you wanted to be picked. I crushed it. <laughs> You did. Half percent goes to you've watched too many movies and TV shows. <laughs> you already mentioned Joe Pesci. Pesci yeah. <laughs> you've seen it. You've seen it way too much. You said you hey, can't handle the truth. I'm gonna. I'm Ben Brust is going to play his own movie character today <laughs> and through the rest of the week. I was living in a movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. That that part was. I think that needs to be higher percentage. <laughs> and oh. then the other half percent, of course, goes to me because I take Ben Brust in his post. So pat on the back to me for recognizing I'm part of the problem here too. So Strophy, um, <laughs> yes, ben. I'm going to tease oh. for you. Oh, I have boy. reached out to my Civil War teacher from high school. Yes, I was a defense attorney for the Henry Wurz trial in Andersonville. I don't know what this means. Joshy, let's do some research during the break. I will let you know if I won as the defense attorney next on Scal's Own Brust presented by Bud Light. You're listening to Bud Light Scalzo and Brust. I got a knocking in my knees and a bubble in my pocket and I'm trembling. Weird song choice? Yeah, a little. This isn't a normal jump perplex right now, Josh. Did you, part of, did you hit the got, random. <laughs> Sorry. Josh, mute yourself. I just what wanted, are you doing back I just there? wanted to tell you guys that I got a little bit of a sneeze to happen there. Because it sounded weird. I started to talk and I stopped. It's a dramatic effect. Ever heard of it? We're entertainers. Subscribe and listen to full show podcasts available free on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Scalzo and Brust rolling out on your Wednesday afternoon. Alex Strofe in for Greg Scalzo alongside the ever-so-patriotic Ben Brust. Joshy DiMaggio running the show per usual at the Groover Law Offices. One call, that's all studios at Radio City in Milwaukee. Cal and Russo holding it down for us at the Park Bank ESPN Madison. Studios also with you on 1430 ESPN Beaver Dam. Uh, sometimes you have a game plan when you do a show with Ben Brust. You come in, you've got things really sorted out, you know where you're going, segment to segment. And then sometimes he just brusts it up, and that's what's happening right now. So I don't even know what to I say. I like that. I don't know where we're going. Brust it up. Brust it up, Brust. I'm just going to give you the floor. Go ahead. Okay, so if you missed the last segment, I am now off jury duty, Scalzone Brust <laughs> Welcome family. Back. Thank you very much, Strofe. <laughs> I'm happy to be back. And it got me thinking about a time in which I was in Civil War class, in which a lot of people are, civics, are confusing with civics. Like, it was a class specifically <laughs> about the Civil War. And within that Civil War class, there was a trial for Henry Wurz in the Andersonville trial. And for more context on that trial, I send it to our very own Josh DiMaggio. <laughs> yes, this Henry Wurz was charged with conspiracy to injure the health and lives of Union soldiers and murder. It says here that this was a two-month trial that had wow. some 160 different uh 
witnesses. He was oversaw an operation in which thousands of inmates died, partly a victim of his circumstances. He was given few resources with which to work in the Union ceased prisoner exchanges. It basically, basically what happened is this man got, he became the figurehead for his situation as the war dissolved further and further. And in that class, I was the defense attorney for Henry Wurz. And as that defense attorney, I had convinced the jury in class that Henry Wurz was not guilty. And I am the only person to have won that, that a Confederate, a Confederate convicted of war crimes got off because of me. So if I was alive, I would have gotten off. Now, I'm not saying it's a good oh. look. But it just shows you my power as an attorney. Uh, it sounds, it sounds. Trust me, it sounds bad when you say you got a Confederate off of. But if you read the context of this, the man may what? have had some responsibility. But the charges he was, the crimes he was charged of, may have not fit what the man actually had. Josh, done. you said it sounds bad if he got a Confederate. He said if I was alive, I would have gotten him off. As of course, it attorney. sounds bad. Of course, it's if I was alive. So, so, back so you then. judge all defense attorneys, Strofe? Ben, do you think you chose the wrong career path? Right? Do you think you should be in law? Or, and I know there's not such thing as a full time juror, but if that was an option, you said you'd like to do. You think you're in the you're on such a power trip today on this Wednesday? Oh come on! You, you know I you go with the wind. Civic, After, you served your civic duty, and now you think you're the man. You could go be an attorney. You can get Confederates off. I mean, listen to yourself. I mean, right it's now. not about getting Confederates off. It's just showing that I had the influence as an attorney to prove my case that he should have been not convicted. You were a 16-year-old high schooler convincing other high schoolers. My girlfriend at the time was oh, the uh, prosecutor. Oh, and how much of this was just a relationship? circles around her. And how much of this was just like basically a prom king competition? Ben Pross, the star <laughs> right. basketball player. She was the homecoming queen. I didn't even make homecoming court. <laughs> Popularity contest galore in the Civil War class. It was called it Civic. Civil War class, which I didn't know existed i you're busting it up i don't know where to go with this ben i don't know what you want me to do with this information you're 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 you need to close the yearbook first off i mean what's going on here i mean normally people tell me to close the yearbook when it comes to playing sports this is the first time that someone's telling me to close the yearbook for academia purposes of being able to win the jury over on a defense attorney trial in which i got henry Wurz not killed so Josh, how do you do this every day uh, it's. I mean, it's exhausting. Sometimes you just got to shut your brain off. I already, off. You I already love have this a headache. Though, Josh. I already have a headache. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it. It took a path I wasn't expecting. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Retweet. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's Cal's own brust. 800-990-3776 is the old National Bank talking text line. Ezra from Port Washington. Benny, who won the Civil War? That would be the not Confederates, the Union. <laughs> I don't know why I tend to answer questions with the not, the like, the not person. It was the union, and that is my final answer. <sighs> Pat Madison on the text line. I worked for the Wisconsin Department of Justice, have degrees in criminal justice, worked within courts. Ben Bruss doesn't know football, but he knows the law. <laughs> I take offense to that <laughs> because I've been spot on this entire football season. Are you back on the train? I mean, I, that's He's not that's not up to team. anybody else. I mean, that, that's not up. To All right, so that's not up to Joshy. Well, it's not up to me because I'm still banned from the train, Ben. Look, so 
I went on a rampage last week imploring everybody to tell Matt LaFleur in Green Bay if they run into him, ask him how he's going to use Aaron Jones in his game plan. Somebody did it because yeah. it worked out. It, it was me. Out. I told everyone in the state of Wisconsin if they see Matt LaFleur, ask him what he's going to do with Aaron Jones in his game plan. Good. And guess what? It worked out. It and I had to get an argument out. with Homer. Homer is just a – he's as looney tune as the people that were being selected or not selected for jury duty. <laughs> I mean, he would have been tossed out What does out that make you? What does that make you then? It makes me someone who's smart and someone who oh, they yeah. want to select. Did uh, you consider at any point that maybe you seemed impressionable? No, Josh. <laughs> I take offense to that question. Just musk in that, Danny. Uh, that that being said, <laughs> bask in that. <laughs> I'm sitting in it right now, and I don't marinate. I don't like, I don't like the way it's marinating, sniffing, or smelling, or, or tasting. Um, <laughs> that being said. Homer's just straight wrong. Like, Aaron Jones, and I know he can have some games in which, like, it looks like he disappeared. He disappears. He needs to be involved in the pass game, in the run game. He needs more touches than A.J. Dillon unless they are up by 14 or more points and it's a clock-running situation. That does not that does not mean that I don't believe in A.J. Dillon. Yeah. I think A.J. Dillon is a very, very good running back who has shown the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, who showed the ability to have explosive plays, but nowhere near the explosion that Aaron Jones, Jones has. And I cannot wait to see the way that they utilize these two backs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because when I think about the way that pa- the Packers have matched up against the Buccaneers from a running perspective, if you go east-west against these linebackers and uh, against this defense, yeah. it's no bueno. But what Aaron Jones did was he made the first guy miss and he went north-south. North-south. His burst of speed off of that first cut is absolutely ridiculous and they need to continue to find ways to get him the ball in space going north-south because he is the most valuable playmaker this team has and they need to find and continue ways to utilize him. Says the high school lawyer for a confederate. I mean, what is happening in this segment? I love the transition, Benny. I just, I just don't know. I got know you out of it. How, you how the hell we got here. I got, but I got you No, there. I'm with you. I, I think you're undervaluing A.J. Dillon, though, I think is what I heard out of your mouth there, right? Like, this is, without a doubt, the best one-two punch in the National Football League here in 2022 out of the backfield. And, you know, everything we've heard about Matt LaFleur over the course of his tenure as the Packers head coach is how innovative he is right how he can create different wrinkles in an offense that you maybe never has have seen before and I think uh you know this year some of those examples include the, the wide receiver sweeps right Dobbs and and, and Watson wrapping around and, and getting a pitch out of the backfield and, and with these two I'm really excited to see how he continues to innovate and create opportunities for them to pack a punch against defense, and I think this is going to be your biggest test, at least probably the first half of the season against Tampa Bay, who we'll get more into here in a couple minutes, but I... I am I'm fascinated to see what the role will be because you know there's going to be games, Ben, right, where, where Aaron Jones, I don't want to say is eliminated, but his, his role and his production is going to drastically decrease from weeks past because once you get more looks, obviously you can scheme more, and it's up to Matt LaFleur on how he can create and innovate uh, you know, opportunities for Aaron Jones to, to be such a big part in this offense. And we saw it, obviously, this past week against Chicago, what he's capable of when you get him the rock 20, 25 times, whatever the number was, uh, versus what he did against Minnesota when he's only carrying the ball eight times in a game. So as long as you're riding your workhorse, which is Aaron Jones, but also A.J. Dillon, how you can use both of those guys – they're going to be your workhorses offensively, and they're going to take a lot of pressure off of some of these young receivers. I'm not undervaluing A.J. Dillon. I'm just continuing to try and make you know light of the fact that 
at what point has Aaron Jones so far this season, now that this obviously could change, we're very early in, has he not been productive with his touches? Because even when going back to week one, he had five carries for 49 yards. This, this season, 10 of his 20 rushes have gone for first downs. And when you have a yards per carry like Aaron Jones does right now, that doesn't mean he's getting the ball on third and two and third and three and second and one. That means he's likely getting it in different situations where he's been able to get first downs earlier in the in the series for the offense and keep the chains moving. That doesn't mean I don't want to utilize A.J. Dillon. I just want to see Matt LaFleur continue to make Aaron Jones a priority and find the ways to continue to work him in. He cannot disappear. He can't. I, I totally agree with you wholeheartedly on that, right? A, a Aaron Jones needs to be debatably the biggest playmaker on this Packers offense. I can't think of another name that would be that would be over him asking you that question. Who needs to be the biggest playmaker on the Packers offense? 800-990-3776. He's Ben Brust. I'm Alex Strofe in for Greg Scalzo. Here on Scalzo and Brust presented by Bud Light. We'll play some one or zeros next across ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Bud Light Scalzo and Brust. I can't get the image out of a full movie theater watching Josh's <laughs> sex tape. <laughs> oh. You guys would be there. Go, baby, go. I'd be you, Joshy. I'd be cheering my ass <laughs> off for you. You good? Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> Painting pictures. It's Picasso. No. I, look, I, I, I would be right there next to you, Ben, like right next <laughs> to you in the seat. Our legs would be touching. And I would push for it to be nominated for short film of the year. <laughs> you can subscribe and listen to full show podcasts available free on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Wednesday drive home. Hope you're having a wonderful Wednesday. Alex Strofe in for Greg Scalzi, your cousin sub of the day. Alongside the real American, Ben Brust is back after serving as a juror on jury duty. The uh, early parts of this week, happy to have Ben back with us. Ben, you are a true American. Uh, all jokes aside, I am proud of you for taking it as seriously as you did. Uh, quite, quite, the, uh, quite the week for you, Benjamin. Yeah, I mean, all jokes aside... There's no jokes. I'm I'm various about what I did this uh, this week, and I'm happy to be back with the family. How long are we going to have to deal with this? Deal with what? Let's just get to some one or zeros, please. Are you a one or a zero? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Are you a yes or a no? And I'm proud to be. There's no such American. thing as a gray area. Life is binary. I it's just a, a one or a zero. American. Fight for the rights of every man. Let's go, Strofe. It is one or zero. Ben Brust and I, Alex Strofe, are Living your contestants. Chachi DiMaggio is your host. He asks us a question. One, we say one for yes, zero for no. There is no gray area. Joshy, go ahead. The college kids who caught Aaron Judge's 60th home run ball last night in Yankee Stadium settled for a signed bat and some signed baseballs from Aaron Judge for going anywhere from fifty dollars to $150,000, saying it was his accomplishment and he deserved the ball. Winner zero, you would demand cash for Aaron Judge's 60th home run ball. Man, college kids are getting dumber by the minute. Uh, no kidding. One, I would demand cash. Here's what I would actually do, though. I would make a deal with Aaron Judge. I would say if you win a World Series, 25 grand. 
If you don't win a World Series, 150 grand. You know what I mean? Oh, Joshy, you can't right. you can't do this to me right now. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just gonna annoy everyone about my jury duty this week. Agree with you agree where I'm going here? Like put put it on him. Hey, Aaron, I get it. Good accomplishment. Win us a World Series, and then you know you don't have to charge him as much. But if he doesn't just, win a World Series, charge him with the wazoo. I can't hear this without thinking of Hulk Hogan just ripping off his shirt. I'm GKW our friends right at Good Karma Wrestling tomorrow, uh, Thursday, 6 o'clock. Actually, tonight as well after AEW on uh, Twitter, at ESPN Milwaukee, at ESPN Madison. Uh, all right, I'm a zero here. I'm not demanding cash, but these kids are idiots, Ben. You were spot on with that, right? They just get a couple autographs, and I get, I get it, right? Like, that's a classy move by them all means. But let's get some playoff tickets. Let's get some front row behind the home plate tickets. He's as Let, dumb as these kids. Well, let's get something yeah. more in return than a freaking autograph bat. Like, what are we doing here? I get the cash aspect, right? And if I'm in college, and when I was in college, I was certainly as broke as broke gets. And, and sure, the money would be nice, but I, I, this is a classy move by them, but you need to get something more than an autograph bat out of this. I mean, it's the 60th home run of the season. We're talking this guy's next to Babe Ruth now in New York Yankees fame. I mean, this is a crazy accomplishment. You need something more than an autograph bat. I don't think it necessarily needs to be cash. Season tickets would be nice. You could sell those and turn those That's exactly cash. what happened yeah. for a... a no, Strofe, you're... You, you, it's, it's hard for me to look past what that ball would get, would get in an auction. The yeah, memorabilia Aaron, side of Aaron things. Aaron Judge is going to buy that in an auction, right? Well, guess what? You can pay auction price, Aaron. Correct. <laughs> I want Aaron Rodgers' John Hancock on a check with 75K written Aaron on Judge. It. We do talk about Aaron Rodgers I say a Aaron lot. Rodgers. Yeah, we do. <laughs> All right, let's move on here. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow said he has deleted both Instagram and Twitter off of his phone and isn't paying attention to what anyone is saying about the Bengals. Wonder Zero, facing online criticism can be a good thing. One, it, it can be a good thing for people that don't take everything on the internet and like make it seem like it's everyone around them saying it. But if you can't, I'm fine with the idea of him shutting off Instagram and Twitter. Because then guess what he's got to focus on? a little on. weak to you? Uh, sure, but guess what? Yes. He, he made it to a Super Bowl. And so he has the ability, and if he needs to shut out the outside noise to focus on the locker room and focus on that offensive line getting better so he's not hit and sacked as much as he is, then I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm a one here as well. Online criticism can be a really good thing, right? Ben faces it every single day on this show, <laughs> and I think he's getting better by the minute, right? So I think it absolutely can be a good thing. But as for Joe Burrow here, guys, I, I am I am fascinated by this. I, I think, as you mentioned, Ben, right, this is a guy that's reached the peak, not only in professional football but as well as a college football, right? He's a Heisman Trophy winner. He won a national championship. He has been to the peak of success many times as, as a starting quarterback. But this year, obviously a very rocky start for the Cincinnati Bengals, who are 0-2 off that Super Bowl run. And everybody on Twitter is probably saying, hey, Joe Burrow, you could probably file for workers' compensation because your offensive line stinks again, right? So I understand why he wants to get out of it. Strophy but- with the knee slapper, Joshy. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. But nonetheless, I, I uh, yeah, it can be a good thing. 
I think it's interesting that Joe Burrow, when the first time since what he was winning national championships has come under criticism, and now it's I got to delete all my social media because people are being mean to me, to me. Right? Like pull a Kevin Durant and get a burner account. Start clapping zero. back. You would be worried if Aaron Rodgers was deleting social media off his phone after an own two start. Zero. I, I think that would just be one of his new hippie movements, right? Like, uh, I'm anti-telephone, I'm anti-social media. Yeah, uh, He's just going to continue point. to do podcasts. So, zero. I would not be worried at all. I'm going to go zero because I think Aaron can convince himself of a lot of things. And as long as Aaron is fully bought in to believing that his spirituality and being in touch with, uh, you know, where he's growing and as a person. And w- if Grandmother yeah. Ayahuasca told him to delete social media... I support it, and I don't mean that in a facetious way. The Cleveland Browns broke new ground this week by holding a players-only meeting after just two games following their improbable Week 2 loss to the Joe Flacco-led Jets, 1-0. or Player-only meetings are never a good thing. Zero. I had a players-only meeting my senior year after we went. We started 3-0 and in Big Ten play, 16-0, and for the all-time school record in in start for a season, sixteen and zero. Then we went one and three in Big Ten play. We held a team meeting and ended up winning eight straight. It was too late for us to win the Big Ten title, but that ultimately got us propelled. We were like, hey, if we were sixteen and zero and we beat good teams to get to that point, we have the ability to do so. And having that meeting, recognizing what we needed to change. Helped us get to a Final Four. I will also remember my sophomore year. We started 0-3 in Big Ten play. Ended up going to a Sweet 16. Like, players-only meetings can be a good thing, but two games in is a little <laughs> That is interesting. Take me into a players-only meeting from your standpoint. None of We hear about them all the time, but none of us have ever been in one. I imagine there's one or two people that kind of face the ire of everyone and then it kind of just gets talked about in a civil manner. You essentially, for the people that you know are unhappy, you have to get to a point where you get them to share their unhappiness. Yeah. And until you get the people that you think are sort of holding the team back to talk, you're not going to go anywhere. And you're you're going to do that with players only. You're not going to get them to open up in front of the coaches because you want to be amongst your peers that you trust more than the coaches. I find it interesting you spun it as a positive thing, right? Because how you got there was negative. So I, I would probably go one. If you're having a players-led meeting, it's it's not it's because bad things are happening, right? I'm not. That's not to say good things can't come out of it, but I don't think it's a good thing that you're in that room as as you set it up. Ben, both of those player-led meetings that you were in were caused by multiple losses in a row. You guys were, were skidding. But right? here's and, why it is a good thing: because if you never did it, then you'd probably continue on your skid. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. I guess you win that argument. He's Ben Brust. I'm Alex Stropin for Greg Scalzo here on Scalzo and Brust on Twitter at Scalzo and Brust. The old National Bank talk text line 800-990-3776. Oh, boy, Benny, do you have some exciting news for not only our friends in Madison, but our friends all over the state of Wisconsin because of our friends at Cedar Ridge Distillery. The single barrel. Rye whiskey and bourbon. Madison, listen up, Milwaukee, coming soon. Finalizing details. Like I've said, I've seen the bottles. We're very, very close to telling you where you can get the Scalzo and Brust private barrel bourbon and rye whiskey with our logo on it. Handpicked by Ben Brust and Greg Scalzo and Josh DiMaggio. Uh, but on the, lo- on the label, you'll see the Scalzo and Brust logo. You can go to Steve's 
in Madison on University Avenue and Junction Road. I have pictures of our bottles on the shelves at Steve's in, in Madison off University and off Junction Road. Go get the bottles, people. It's delicious. I was at Whiskey Fest last Friday, sampling it out with Scouts and Brust family members of Milwaukee that are going to be waiting to hear where they can go buy it. If you are in Madison, hot off the press, the Scalzo and Brust bourbon and rye whiskey on the shelves at Steve's in Madison. Yeah, and tweet so us cool. the picture of you picking it up. I would love to, yes. Let us know if that you, you picked it up. If you come up with your own recipe for a drink, share it with us. Do it all. Text it into the text line wherever. Soon to be in Buckin' Honeys in Madison as well, so you got a place where you can go have a cocktail, enjoy nice. some uh, nice dinner. I know, Strophy, you're a fan of going to Buckin' Honeys. Have you been to the Sun Prairie one now that you live closer? I still haven't been to the Sun Prairie one. Yet. So even though I live in Sun Prairie, get, I still go get to, to the, the OG. I'll, I'll get there maybe tonight, Benny. That's a great idea. I might go do that tonight. Soon, soon to be at Buck and Honey's. It, like we want to make sure we got a cocktail ready to yeah, go. That's true. That's uh, true. So I'll, I'll wait. But I, I must get mention Benny. I, I must mention that uh, you whisper Joshy DiMaggio's name. The label also whispers Joshy DiMaggio's name because it says <laughs> handpicked by Greg Scalzo and Ben Brost. No mention of Joshy on that label. Um, but but nonetheless, very exciting Nonetheless, you University Ave Junction Road, get to Steve's and purchase yourself a Scalzo and Brust private barrel bourbon or rye whiskey. So damn cool. Go get it. It's Scalzo and Brust. We got to see who the weekend hero is from our friends at Stat Hero. That's next. It's Scalzo and Brust presented by Bud Light across ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Bud Light, Scalzo, and Brust. We were texting last night, by the way, me and Homer, because I watched The Greatest Showman. And he loves The Greatest Showman, and we're going to watch it together one day, I promise. That was, that was a good distraction. Glad we did that. Yeah, that was probably the least meaningful thing that may have ever been said on this show. Subscribe and listen to full show podcasts available free on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Fascinating conversations during the commercial break. It's Scalzo and Brust on your Wednesday afternoon. Hope you're having an awesome Wednesday. I'm Alex Strofe in for Greg Scalzo alongside the almighty American Ben Brust returning from his hiatus on jury duty uh, throughout the course of this week, which means we have some catching up to do. We have to recap the weekend. It's time to do the Stat Hero Weekend Hero with Ben Brust. Who was the weekend's biggest stat hero winner? It's time for the Weekend Hero on Scalzo and Brust. Win day in and day out with Stat Hero. Download the app or sign up at stathero.com and use promo code BEN for a 100% deposit match. Well, simply put, unfortunately, the $50,000 Survivor Contest comes to an end for me, but I appreciate all of the Scalzo and Brust family's input. Look, if you were going to beat... The Jaguars, who put up a pretty good performance against the Colts. They had Christian Kirk in their MVP spot. You were going to need the Miami Dolphins and the Stat Hero Weekend Heroes. I'm going to add that. Oh, Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. Because they both did something I think that's never happened in NFL history. Like over 150 yards and two touchdowns each in the same game. So, I think simply put, they're the Weekend Heroes. That being said, I just entered another... Survivor contest for $5,000. So I'm going to debate with you guys how we're going to beat the New York Giants lineup. <laughs> that is your weekend hero, folks. Wow. Uh, so who did you have this weekend? I had the 
Raiders, who oh, at the yeah. end of the first half were still pacing to beat the freaking Jaguars, but they put up three points in the second half, yeah, and my yeah. MVP, Devontae Adams, had two catches. Yeah, he, he had a rough outing this Tough weekend. Luck. Did Devontae and, Adams. You know, just, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbled. So I remember last week, week one, uh, me and me and Scalzo convinced you, Ben, to select the Indianapolis Colts who tied, but you still were able to get a victory? Yes, because Michael Pittman based. was the MVP, so I got sure. more points for him. He had a great week one before yeah. he was out week two. Yeah. It was a great switch from the 49ers, who had played the Bears week one and were in the the, Monsoon, the, yeah. the, the puddle in, in the pond the with ducks and everything. Yeah, standing <laughs> water. It's nuts there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's been Bruss and Alex Strove here on Scalzo and Bruss, presented by Bud Light, the Miami Dolphins, coached by Mike McDaniel, of course, formerly a, a co-coach with Matt LaFleur, who is the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. And and I wonder, Benny, if, if Mike McDaniel would read a book suggested to him by Tua Tungavailoa, the quarterback of the Dolphins, similarly to apparently what Matt LaFleur has now done because of Aaron Rodgers' suggestion. Here's Aaron Rodgers yesterday on the Pat McAfee Show explaining Matt LaFleur's reading habits. Well, I think every year it's been more comfortable for sure with Matt. Look, our relationship is personified by funny you know asides and anecdotes you know i get back in in august and he shows me like hey look at this book i'm reading about spirituality (laughs) (laughs) look at you bro that's incredible wants to be friends yeah but it's little things like that and it's jokes you know it's me kind of like every now and then kind of needle 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 and him kind of going right to the edge and losing his and then he realizes oh he's messing with me and then he catches himself and then i'm like nice man good job buddy that's kind of the relationship how it goes there's a lot of a lot of fun little moments like that um but you know in the game i don't know what happened but the first quarter his his uh his headset wasn't working so it was sounding like when you're trying to get off a phone call and you act like you're going through a tunnel the oh yesterday (laughs) but it was one of those and you know, there's been times over the years where I've messed with him, where I act like I can't hear what he's saying, you know, I don't know what's going on, you know, and, and he starts to kind of, you know, get get the blood boiling a little bit. This was, you know, it was, it was kind of going in and out. Um, so we had some funny, uh, you know, there was some near freakouts going on, but Matt kept it together. I give him credit. You know, Matt, last year, the year before, first year, definitely, definitely would have, you know, been way more demonstrative on the sidelines. This time he just called a timeout. We came over, had a couple of laughs about it, and moved on. Ha, 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 ha. So funny, really funny relationship between the head coach, Matt LaFleur, and who you heard there, the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, ben, uh, I'm going through a t- – I mean, what are they doing, man? It what, was, what, what, what's that? It was cringy listening to Aaron Rodgers try and talk about the jokes between him and Matt LaFleur. Let me Those just say that. Those are jokes a seven-year-old makes with their grandfather. I mean, that is that is the worst. I, I don't even know what to make of that. Is hey, Matt, if, I, if they're having fun together, isn't that all, all that matters? Is what, all that matters is if they're winning football games, right? Like that's Yeah, what good, they're point, good point. Yeah, all I don't that care matters how much fun they're, they're having. Games. I want to see W's on the left side of the win column. As you talked about yesterday with Mark Tauscher. However, I want to dive deeper into the relationship between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. Is Matt LaFleur a suck-up? 800-990-3776 <laughs> is the old National Bank talking text line. It's your way into Scalzo and Brust. As we roll on into hour number two, we'll be back to talk more about LaFleur and Rodgers in two minutes across ESPN Wisconsin.